Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. it's people we're dealing with right and so you come at me with pride and so I give you some pride right back because you can't disrespect you're not going to disrespect me like that and get away with it right that's a big one but do you see how we're, we're actually shooting ourselves in the foot we're doing damage to our own cause when we do that it's important to step back and think through the true results of when you are prideful towards others. Pastor Robert demonstrates today that when you react pridefully to a situation, you inevitably end up pushing people away. When you blow yourself up to be an absolute authority, you will only end up deterring conversation. Now, here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 with the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. The scripture we sort of consider our mandate is Jeremiah 1.10 that says that we're here to uproot and pull down the kingdom of darkness and to plant the kingdom of God. And this is how we do it. So it applies to anything from marriage to private to work life to anything. This is our strategy for, for victory. I have an old friend that many, many years ago, they were talking to me. They were going through some financial difficulty. And... They got transparent about it and, and said what, what had gotten them into their financial problems was that he went out and spent some money that they really didn't have on something that he wanted, and it made her mad, the wife. So the wife went out and spent some money that they really didn't have on something that she wanted. It's like, if you can do it, I can do it too. And then he went out and bought something that he really wanted that they didn't have the money for, Pretty soon they had credit card debt that they couldn't pay. You see the tit for tat. Now listen, see what the enemy does to us a lot of times is he convinces us to try to use something. I'm just picking on materialism here. Any one of them. But yeah. you, could, you, you could do it with any one, right? And we respond to pride with pride. We respond to vanity with vanity. We respond to indifference with indifference and so what ends up happening with that the, the, the most meaningful teaching on spiritual warfare that I've ever seen the guy said you know what would you think of, of two football teams that instead of lining up against each indifference well you're actually siding with the enemy you're going in the same direction but if on the other hand you respond in the opposite spirit and I would say, and I'm stealing from, I can't remember which philosopher, that the opposite of love 
if you respond to indifference with love, with compassion, now you're doing damage to the spiritual forces that are at work in our world. You see that? When you square off against him, what we do a lot of times, and this is so critically important, this is a, this is a real kind of a soapbox issue for me. See, what we do so, so often is we forget who our real enemy is because it's people we're dealing with, right? And so you come at me with pride, and so I give you some pride right back because you can't disrespect, you're not going to disrespect me like that and get away with it, right? Especially, I mean, man, that's a big one. But do you see how we're, we're actually shooting ourselves in the foot? We're doing damage to our own cause when we do that. We are the only fragrance of Jesus that people have. And so we're doing damage to so much if we allow ourselves to be cornered into behaving in a way that doesn't taste like him at all. That's, we give the enemy the ammunition that they're right. We are hypocrites. And that's what we have to remember, that what we're doing is actually helping the enemy to defeat us when we buy into that. He plays us like a, like a violin, you know, like that proverbial violin. He plays us all the time because he gets us to do it his way. And we need to remember that we're, we're not fighting, as the Bible says, against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers and the spiritual forces, forces of, of wickedness in heavenly places. You see this? We, we need to remember who the battle is, is actually against. Let's look at Revelation chapter 3. Yeah. Verse 1 says, To the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not yet found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. See, for the poor and persecuted believers back in Smyrna, Jesus had nothing but praise for that church. For the churches at Ephesus, Pergamos, and Thyatira, Jesus had a mixture of praise and rebuke. But for Sardis, Jesus really had nothing to commend here. And that's especially scary because he says they had a good reputation. You have a name that you're alive. You know, a church that's alive in the spirit. And he said, but that's actually not true. That's an inaccurate assessment. You know, Sardis was a wealthy city, an important trade center, seated at the junction of five main roads. The city itself was built up on a bluff 1,500 feet above the main road. So Sardis had considered herself to be invincible from outside attacks, but she wasn't. To their great surprise, the people of Sardis were 
conquered twice in just 300 years. So there was a disconnect between their image, the way they were seen, the way they saw themselves, and reality. I think that's true for the city of Miami Beach. You know, Jesus is such a master of words. He's, he's very precise. It's important as we read and study the Bible to remember that, that, you know, Jesus says exactly what he means. He says exactly what he means to us, especially in these letters here in Revelation. We see him playing with words. Verse 2, I know your works, that you have a name, that you're alive, but you're dead. You can't get much more straight than that, right? Even more than her wealth, Sardis was known for a necropolis called the Cemetery in a Thousand Hills, which lay about seven miles outside town. It was a city preoccupied with death, with burial mounds as the skyline. It's, I mean, it's scary. Imagine a city celebrating death. That's what you're known for. That's what you're famous for. And I was thinking, what does that do? I mean, how does that work? And at first I came to mind, you know, some of the primitive cultures that we know of where the ancestors are worshipped even long after their death. You dig up the remains and you do all kinds of a mixture of occult and ancestry worship with these bones. So at first I think, oh, that's something far, far away. And then it came to my mind, how many zombie movies have been out in the last, who knows? I mean, the, the, I, I Googled it. I always... And pages and pages and pages. And these are, okay, let me clarify from Wikipedia because it's crazy. These are just zombie movies, these many, many pages that I couldn't even take a snapshot of them. So Wikipedia clarifies, zombies are distinct from ghosts, ghouls, mummies, or vampires. So this list does not include films devoted to these types of undead. These are just the... So we have a whole culture of other kinds of undead movies out there that were not even included in this. That's the culture of the West. That's our culture as much as it was in Sardis, as much as it is in some of these African cultures that came to my mind. We do the exact same thing. As a culture, it's, I mean, look at Halloween and just what we do with that. And so I'm like, okay, that was the culture, but what does it do to the church? What does it do to the church that death is celebrated and put on stage and made movies about and it's glorious, it's glorified. I mean, it happens all the time. That's what's so frightening to us. Thanks for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the current series Pastor Robert is teaching through here on Main Thing Radio. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. 
A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available on MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio.